What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the men's show. This is the definitive men's show in all of Catholic internet. All the men's you, shows. I, I thought you were like lip syncing to my introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being your hype guy over here. Guys, today... You got it, Nick. You're doing this. Thank you. you thank you. It. Today, we're going to be talking about, is it possible as a man to become a sexy beast and a saint at the same time? These are questions that men everywhere, <laughs> Catholic men everywhere, need to know the answers. I mean, looking at looking at people like us, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, I wish my body was as good as theirs. Or you might be thinking like, wow, I wish I was just as handsome as they are. I think that's what they're thinking. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe I wish I was as holy as they are, because guys, we're super holy. So anyways, guys, all of that that conversation is coming up right after this. Man, super pumped to be back here on the men's show with you guys. I, I was out for a few episodes. You guys carried it. You, you covered some excellent topics. You all right? <laughs> carry on. Carry on. <laughs> um, man, okay, so we're going we're gonna to have some good conversations here today. But before we get into it, I got to tell you that if you enjoy the men's show or any of the shows here on Awakened Catholic, you can be a part of what makes it all possible by joining the Awakened Nation. The Awakened Nation is a group of people like you, and maybe you're already one, or maybe you're thinking like I'm about to be one, which please, by all means, um, Awaken Nation is a group of people that supports the work that Awaken Catholic does uh, through a monthly contribution of whatever size you can afford. Um, a lot of people think of it as a part of their their tithing, which we highly in, you know invite and encourage. Um, but anyways, in uh, in return for joining the Awaken Nation, you get access to exclusive content. You also know that you're like a part of a really awesome team of people, a family of people um, who care about spreading the gospel, of, about spreading Catholicism and the good news about the you know the faith, the church, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He's good news as well. Anyways, so uh, check out Awaken Nation by visiting awakencatholic.org/donate. And today, in fact, on this episode, when we're done, we're going to be doing some bonus content for the Awaken Nation that you can check out in the app uh, after you've watched this episode. Um, or you could just pause this episode and skip right to that. But we, we, we invite you to consider sticking around. And then second of all, I mentioned the, the app a couple times. The make more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I mentioned the app a couple of times. Make sure to check out the Awaken app. It's in all of the App Store, the Google Play Store, uh, where, whatever kind of phone you got. We got you covered with the Awaken app, and it's a great social media alternative. Awesome community is forming there. You can interact with us, show hosts, directly in the app, um, and you can also check out all of the shows. It's the best place to consume the shows. We have a music library. We got a prayer library. There's a shop with some Catholic merch from Awaken Catholic. Literally, I don't think there's anything that you could be searching for in your walk with the Lord that you cannot find in the Awaken app. So... Uh, yeah, that might, that might have been overstated. <laughs> I, I don't think so. You don't think so? That's exactly. Right. You exactly overstate right. things? <laughs> Hyperbolize? No. no. Oh. oh, man. Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset. Visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in the Sioux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall 2021, join select international tours with Claire Swinarski from The Catholic Feminist, author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Sen River Cruise pilgrimage. Join our friends at select international tours and cruises with over 34 years of experience. They are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Bon voyage! 
um, while while it is something I have accomplished, I don't want to take for granted that anybody sure. can. We, we sit at your uh, feet. Being, well, I mean, you know, your words, not mine. Um, we, you know, I I have found the way to be both a sexy beast and become a saint. I'm on, I'm on that trajectory. Mm. So you know, I don't want to assume that everyone knows how to do that. So. I just wanted to invite some it's dialogue. Be a pretty boring conversation. You're just going to tell us the secret. I hope. If I could jump into, I'm a new Catholic, so I'm on my, you know, baby steps for being a sexy beast. So I'm here, just trying to clean it in from everyone. So, you know, lay the knowledge on me, Father. You know, everyone. Maybe we should introduce ourselves real Let's quick. Let's do that. That's a great call. I feel like this introduction should really go something along the lines of, "Hello, I'm Father Peter, and I'm a sexy beast too." <laughs> Hello, Father Peter. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually saw a shirt once that, that said "Beast," but it was an acronym for "Become a Saint" or oh, something like that. It's a whole clothing line. Yeah, yeah, they're great. That's the it's not really a, a good acronym, but okay. well, it's you're cute. missing a word. That's it is why. missing a word. You're, miss, yeah. you're missing a couple words. Wait, you think that they did it right, and I'm just messing it up? I'm guessing they probably you're did. You're probably not wrong. They made a clothing. They have teams about behind about that. Yeah, someone. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> I am Kevin Jory. I work with Awakened Catholic uh, behind the scenes, doing stuff. If you want to interact on the app too, we are seriously adding a lot of more cool stuff on there so interact with me on that even today i was mowing the lawn and i was listening to gregorian chants basically live posting about it and that's what i bring to the the team live posting my mowing (laughs) gregorian chant amazingness so that's me in one in one little in a nutshell in a nutshell no this is you in a nutshell oh i'm kevin (laughs) and i'm in a nutshell it's an austin powers reference anyways i'm john mark grodi uh co-host of elevate ordinary here on awaken catholic with my beautiful wife Teresa. um married five kids live in perrysburg ohio that's my brother. In case the the names, the sexy beast. You didn't you didn't, you didn't make that connection. <laughs> so that's me. Yeah, I'm Nick. Father Peter Grodi, his brother, um, a uh, parochial vicar. I always forget. I always want to say associate pastor, but it's parochial vicar at Saint Michael the Archangel Catholic Church in Finley. So, and I'm T minus what thirty days ish until I'm a one year old priest. Woo! That is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Survived. Yeah. Wow. So, Congratulations. So if you yeah, see what me on does the street, that feel like? Still ask me for my first priestly blessing. Oh, that's, so that's I, how that works. That's, it's almost coming to the end. Wait, so wait. Yeah. Within the first year, the first you can year, give an extra special blessing, right? Extra special. Well, Some people shoot. aren't aware of that. Can we, can we I was not aware of that. You yeah. You have to kiss my hands, though. If I do a good job, oh, can you wait, give me one of these blessings? Are you, sure. You're making that up. Okay. I'm actually not. So. What? Okay. <laughs> it's, a, okay. it's a bonus Catholic okay. weird right. stuff. So, oh, my God. <laughs> maybe this is bonus content right here. But Catholic um, weird stuff. I can't I do it as well as I'm always hesitant to mention it because it's always weird to me, but, you know, I'm trying to be obedient to Mother Church. So the thing is, it's obviously it's not in reverence to me it's in reverence to the priesthood itself so the idea is that your hands obviously at the if you don't know this at your ordination the priest's hands are consecrated in chrism oil um and if you know anything about our bishop here in toledo you know that he doesn't do anything halfway so (laughs) i mean i probably had half a gallon of chrism oil sitting in these hands for a while so every once in a while i clip my my nails and i'm like you can't, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, still no way. No, not quite anymore. But oh, okay. They were definitely for like a, a good solid two weeks afterwards. But um, anyway, so the point is that because these hands are consecrated, basically within the first year, I can give a special blessing to the person, and if they, in reverence to the priesthood, not to me, not about me, kiss my hands, then they basically gain the uh, the requirements for, I believe, a plenary indulgence. Wow. Uh, with you know, with the addition of the normal things, confession within a week and mass. So that's awesome. That's the thing. You know, it's one of those again the sacramental 
the sacramental uh, worldview yes. of the Catholic Church. You know, things God does, mm-hmm. doesn't have to, but God chooses to use things like hands mm-hmm. to impart special grace. And you also know that, like, you know, Father Peter didn't come up with this practice because, like, none of us would, you know, voluntarily come up with something like, yeah, you got to kiss my hands. Like, it's not. Frankly, no, no, no. it makes me really we, uncomfortable. We, so. we obey yeah. Mother Church. We <laughs> yeah. obey the tradition. We, we obey this we, the rules of this weird fairy tale that God has put us in. And we just we just try to follow the rules. I mean, I'm still super down to do it, but can can we just like have you wash your hands first? <laughs> yeah, sure. Great. I'm down. The bonus Let's party. Yeah. Before you wash your hands, I'll I'll take the, I'll take the I'll take the real one. Yeah, it's good for your immune yeah. system. Yeah. Every time I wash my hands, it lessens the blessing a little bit because it's like you know. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all a weird roundabout way to get us into sort of the episode today. Yeah, ta- as you talked about earlier. We're, we're trying to explore, you know, a, a bit of a dilemma, an apparent paradox, you know, in the end, there's, it's not really, but this question of, yeah, where does like, where does taking care of yourself, your body, um, fit into the life of a Christian, a Catholic, a Catholic mm-hmm. man, you know, like it, it's interesting because we have this dilemma. We, we obviously, we know in scripture, we're warned against, you know, those people who are uh, lovers of self, lovers of the Lovers of the flesh, you know, we're, we're, we're aware of that and we're aware of how much the modern world obsesses over the body and over things and over mm-hmm. self-care and self-love and self-esteem. So we're, we're rightly wary of that. Um, but we do have this dile- sort of dilemma in the gospel, right, where Jesus tells us that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. But there's, that's an equation, right? You, if, you, if you were to love your neighbor as yourself, well, the question is how do you love yourself? And then I think particularly practically in the life of a man – life of a Catholic husband and father, I've always wrestled with this. Like I, I'm a person all about lists, like making this list, trying to organize my life. And the question always is like, well, where does like exercise and like working on my diet and that kind of stuff, where does that fit on my priority list? Cause it's obviously not the most important thing, but it also can't be the least important thing because like I, I have to be ready I have to be, you know, rested and and fit in order to do my job, in order to take care of my family, to wrestle with my kids, and so I've always wrestled. It's sort of it's floated up and down on that list. On where do I mm-hmm. where does that where do I focus on that in that list? And I've kind of been at different places with that. And so, well, and probably mo- like most of us, well, I know I'll speak for myself. Well, let's just do yeah, that. Speak I'll speak for, for myself. That as with like many things in life, it tends to be something that either is like. Put put near the top, mm-hmm. or it's put near the bottom. Right, like it goes back and forth. It's like swings. Oh right? man, I've been have like this has been a really really rough last couple of weeks. I really need to really need to take care of myself more. And then all of a sudden, it's like put so far up that it's maybe take taking too much of a place like in life and right. in such a way where you're not really actually taking care of yourself better, but because you're focusing on it more, like you're just yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. That swinging, that it swinging swings. between. It seems like that's almost part of the issue here. Is precisely that. When we evaluate those lists and where things fit on the, our priority list in life, mm-hmm. we're oftentimes we're simply going out of feelings, either acting or overreacting. You know, even I think our, our spiritual life is like that sometimes too, right? Like, a, oh, I've been a terrible person lately. I need mm-hmm. to go to sacraments and yes. pray a bunch more. Yes. You know, but then and then we we slack off and then we swing back into it, but we're just moving around by emotion rather than. Yeah, I feel like part of it is also on an intellectual level what you understand your motives are behind whatever your goals are right like <clears throat> if you if, if if just a random arbitrary example if you're like a pianist a pianist as they Whoa. say um 
It, it's like the word you're thinking, Kevin, but with a T at the end. Oh. Anyways, um, if you are a pianist, then you... That's holy too. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher West, buddy. Yeah, different episode. Okay. But if you are a pianist and, and you like want to succeed in that career, there's only one way to do that. And that is to rehearse yourself. That is to prepare yourself. That is to become the expert that you want to get paid like you are. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel as though a lot of times when we have this lofty goal of like, I want to be fit. I want to be physically fit. Um, I think that we don't lean into or believe enough in the reasons behind doing that when we don't follow up on that. Like, I think if you, like, for example, I know a guy that discovered he had cancer and he just started doing a bunch of research and he looked into the ketogenic diet as a, 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 a thing that potentially here we go starves cancer. Because a lot of cancer, yeah, some, some cancers feed off of the sugar. Mm -hmm. And so he went strict keto for like three months. He went back to go under the knife to have the the cancer removed. And when they went in, they found no cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I think like he went really hardcore keto because there was a reason he needed to in his mind. Yes. Right. We give time to and pour into the things that we believe actually matter. And so I think that part of the fitness question part of the health question is like do we really want it that much if we don't make the time for it in reality well, the tendency yeah. there is for as with things like that that there, there there is there the tendency in the culture is for it to either be um completely like you're not really invested in it that much and so yeah you just kind of like leave it off to the side right or you're so totally invested in it for the wrong reason. Hmm. So therefore, it kind of starts to consume your life. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the teachings of Jesus is that you see in the Bible all the time, we talk, we've talked about this a number of times, Mark, how yeah. when it comes to like discussions with the Pharisees, they're always trying to trip him up by giving him, saying that he has to choose between two different, two seemingly opposite things where, where there's no other you know, yeah. uh, possible solution. And he's always saying, no, there actually is. And he like, play, he kind of rises above their particular arguments. And it's like that with this. It's like, well, is, is the solution to, to not really care about you, like, you know, your physical fitness, um, and your, your physical health, but then like for to basically let it fall into disrepair or is the answer basically to become hyper like obsessed with it? It's like, no, it's to, it's to do it, but to do it for the right reason, which mm-hmm. is ultimately, yeah, because then if you get like certain reasons, it's not just a matter of finding a reason. Certain reasons become become reasons that it becomes negative and sinful, right? So like, if your vanity and and you know wanting to be seen as someone that is hot or attractive or whatever, if that is driving you to live an unbalanced life, an unbalanced approach to fitness, um, that is vice. That's not right. virtue. Right. Especially, yeah. you know, go, going to the next extreme where it gets connected to other sin, like if you're doing it because you want to get laid, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a guy that goes to the clubs and I get laid and I got to look like this. I got to keep building up those pecs, you know, to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know my pecs are getting too big. No, uh, the nightclub. It's, it's, oh. hard to, it's hard to keep the microphone <laughs> close enough to your mouth. I know <laughs> it's a problem. It's actually it's a, problem. a practical problem. Yeah. Yeah. We had to get a special stand for the microphone Absolutely, so it yeah. reaches over anyways. Um, yeah. So it, it can be, you know, interconnected between a couple of different. Well, and, and here's the thing too. Like, I mean, another aspect of this is that even if you, so you have that in mind, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, it's got to be for the right reasons. 
But like you're never perfectly pure apart this side of heaven either. Right. You always have multiple reasons going on. Well, even speak if for you, yourself, John Mark. Well, I mean, uh, we, we who haven't attained the sexy beasthood, <laughs> holiness, Bill um, Tory. And so I guess you know that, that's the question too. Like, what, what if you if you recognize that like you've got you've got a you've got an impure heart in the sense of you you don't simply will perfectly the will of God. You've got other things in there. What do you do with that? Do you just not do the thing that you know you're supposed to do? Mm. Or does that kind of get worked out over time as you like you go into the thing knowing that I feel like that that's that makes why sense? Does that, does that, yeah, 100%. That, yeah. I feel like that's why it's so important to like um, be super cognizant of what you're doing. And so like what is a balanced way I could approach X, Y, or Z? Like what is a way in which that can still be rightly ordered? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't, for example – if I if I'm a guy that's going to the gym, which obviously I am, just look at these arms. Yeah, um, anyways, if I'm a guy that goes to the gym and I love going to the gym, I have a routine or whatever. But I also work from eight to six p.m., which is becoming more and more of a trend, which is a tragedy. If I work eight to six p.m., eight a.m. to six p.m., um, and I'm going to the gym before that, then I'm getting to the gym. I don't know six thirty at the latest, probably seven, and then in order to keep up that routine, I'm going to sleep even earlier than I would otherwise. And so there is this like super, super small window of, of time in your day on a, on a daily basis that you can talk to your wife, you can interact with your kids. And like suddenly, even though individually, like going to work, like that's a virtuous thing in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Working out, in theory, a virtuous thing. But yeah. depending on how that all fits into the rest of your life, like I cannot choose exercise um in that degree over loving my family well i think a really good illustration of that which it really just shows the hierarchy of values that we have to have um i think a really good illustration i heard is pretend you have a big jar with a little top and in order to fill it, how do you fill it with all the most important things? Mm-hmm. You want to put the biggest rocks in first. So the things that matter the most. So what matters the most to you? You know, God, your family, how do you provide for your family, your work, these types of things. And then as things go down the hierarchical order, you can, you know, place smaller and smaller rocks to try and fit more in. Um, there's prudence that goes along with this. You have to, you know, pray and discern and be with your friends and family uh, to figure out the best way to do this. But um, if you're trying to figure out how to fit a workout in, you know, is this a 15 minute workout? Is it 30 minutes? It depends on the rest of how important the other things in your life is going to be. And it, especially in my life, something that even with working out, Um, There's a period in my life where you want to work out and you want to be healthy. Um, So that's how you start. But if you don't have faith formation, if you're not catechized well, you can very easily fall into self-love, which I I think could be a cool place to take the conversation. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because you can start with the best of intentions, but then you can fall into sin. Well, you were talking about, you know, so like... um you know, work can be, can be virtuous. Working out can be virtuous. I think that one of the it is one of the keys here that we're, you know we're talking about. We're sort of talking around the virtue of temperance here, is which is the virtue that you know, you turn inward to focus on putting things in order in terms of yourself. And that's not just your physical body, but that's you know your desires and your drives. Make sure they're all working in harmony. But I think one of the keys here is precisely that um, even like getting into this topic, like we're all sort of infected with um, this latent. Uh, supposition 
uh, amongst Christians that um, there's there's the part, there's the compartment of your life that's the spiritual part, you know, and that might pull in it might pull in your family life, it might pull in certain things into that into yeah. that that circle, but then everything else is sort of neutral, and then you have to negotiate this this question between these definitely spiritual and important things between these neutral things. And I think instead the issue is that no, well, every single thing that you do is a matter of virtue and vice. That's, that's really, that's what negotiates this in the sense of whatever you're doing, you're doing in the presence of God and you should be doing for a purpose or you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. There's nothing neutral. No, there's nothing. Yeah, there's you're nothing going neutral. to heaven. You're going to hell. There's, yeah. well, I guess you can be in a, a limbo, not a limbo. Okay, I'm new, guys. <laughs> Someone save me. I know a guy. Whoa, whoa. His name is Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, you're right. Certainly, um, in that everything, everything has, in a sense, kind of a moral quality because in in relation to everything, everything else in our life, right? You know, it's a choice, and it's really important when it comes to things like self love. Um, when it comes to self care, mm-hmm. proper self love. Mm-hmm. Is that it can't be? It can't become situated in our minds in such a way. Basically, is this okay? I'm trying to balance my life, I need to love God first. I need to love my family first. But then I got to figure out how to take like time away from those things yeah, right. to properly care for myself. Right? right. So things like going to the gym or like you know taking some time like to walk by oneself or whatever it ha- you know happens right. to be. It's like if if it, if it's situated in your mind as like taking a step back from those other things yeah. then it's always going to be wrong and mm-hmm. it's always going to be put in opposition and that's right, exactly right, right, what right. it shouldn't be yeah. because ultimately even self-love self-care is at the service of those higher goods mm-hmm. you know so when i go to the gym you know if i'm going to the gym or whatever it's 15 minutes 20 minutes or something and i know know maybe it's good in particular for me or something because it helps with like my mental health or these different things mm-hmm. that it's not like okay now i need to like step aside from my time with god and my time with family to go do this but it's like no this is integrated into the whole thing because it is a part of the way that i love my family is a part yeah. of the way that i love god yeah as well it's put the lower goods are not just basically kind of fit in where their higher goods, you know, like allow, but they're put, it's actually subservient to those higher goods in such a way that it's actually made to serve those higher goods. Yeah. And when you go, I'm sorry, go ahead. I I was going to say real quick, this is, uh, it ties right back in with the treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. Exactly. Um, Just because when you have Jesus, when you have God, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got everyone. When you have that one point, you know, like in Pinocchio, you've got the star that you're aiming at. When you have that, when you wake up in the morning, you've got that one meaning that you can go towards. And so just like you said, every everything that you're doing leading up to anything that you're doing is supercharged with meaning because we know where we're trying to go to mm-hmm. if you are going there, you know, in the correct way. Yeah. And so that, that exercise, the mental exercise of identifying that goal that, Hey, yeah. all this stuff, there's mm-hmm. no, what's sort of in the faith or what's spiritual and what's not. No, no, no. There's all the stuff in my life and it's all subservient to trying to, uh, to obey God. And then that, that mental exercise, which is really, it's the virtue of prudence. And that's what you're describing there. When you try to think of your life objectively and you just say, no, okay, well, in a, in a schedule, what should it consist of? And, and you do, there is, 
some hierarchy there. You know, there's the big rocks that you definitely put in first in terms of like prayer should be the rock bottom thing that you plan and plan everything else around. Mm. That should be in there first. But then you have to practically say, okay, well, it sh- I, I have to eat, you know, and I should eat. What, here's the things I, I should eat well in theory. And here's I, I, there should be some time for exercise. And here's where I take care of my responsibilities and I do some reading. Now, here's the thing, though. To even like what you can't do is you can't uh, short circuit your ability to make that plan by worrying that you're, it's not the perfect plan. Mm. Like mm. to make that plan, that rule of life, whatever it is now today, the point is, is you're, you're rather than working out or eating or sleeping or praying because you feel like it or not doing those things because you don't feel like it. Instead, you're making a plan. In other words, you're submitting those things to reason, to the rule of reason. And the, 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 the point there is that if you make the habit of submitting things to reason, that's the virtue of prudence. And what that also means is that if your plan was imperfect, like maybe you only planned 10 minutes of prayer because you're not much of a prayer and you got to start someplace. Well, then the point is you can, you can change that when you're, when you're ready, when God says, Hey, you know, it's time to up that up. Those, those are rookie numbers. Time to up those numbers a little bit. Well, I also, I also feel like there's something in that, like, Oh, I, I wish I had more than 10 minutes to pray. Um, you know, we, we have the unique experience, including you, Father Peter, of, of having been a part of the St. Thomas More community. And like, there is this really, really cool thing that happened because there are some apartments. If you don't know St. Thomas More in Bowling Green, Ohio, they have these apartments for the college students attending Bowling Green State University. And yeah. there's a lot of really neat community that builds around this. And, um, and then they even have men's household, women's household. These are people that are like really intentionally trying to grow in their faith and, and have a, a com- communal prayer life. Um, Anyways, having had that experience for us and, and like building uh, spirituality and, and routines around that experience, like so many of us did a holy hour every week. So many of us would gather for night prayer or morning prayer or whatever. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, morning prayer and night prayer is part of the liturgy of the hours or the divine office. Uh, it's a beautiful ancient tradition. You can Google it. Anyway, um, like a lot of these practices were actually... Uh, the way it was being executed, somewhat like monastic practices. Yeah. And and coming out of that experience, coming out of that community, um, for, I know for me, I'll speak for myself, I, I found myself early in marriage and having a full-time job and not being a student anymore and all this stuff, I found myself like, it's not as easy anymore as it used to be to, mm-hmm. to get in that prayer routine. And, to, right. um, and it, does it mean that I, I shouldn't do that? Or does it just mean that it, I have to work harder and like, find a way to do it and be more disciplined. And, you know, one of the things that helped me through that transition of like, Oh, I wish I had more time or whatever. Number one, if you're making time, like be gentle on yourself. If you're making time and successfully making time every day, like that's something that so many people wish they found themselves doing better. Um, so just pat yourself on the back. But number two, you're not a freaking monk. You're a dad and a husband and you have a nine to five job. The monk's literal job is to pray all day. And then some of them make beer on the side. Like, I think that we, it's an epic life, by the way, Yeah, it is an epic life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I just think that comparison is such, um, uh, a source of evil in, in obviously in a million ways, but in, in the context of this, like love your, like we were talking about, like, how do you love yourself? Well, and, and I think one of the things is stop comparing yourself. Like, live the life that you are called to live. You know, if you have an eight to six job, number one, find a better job. But number two, um, mm-hmm. uh, like 
you know, you, you have to contend with the realities that you have. If if you would have to get up at 4 a.m. every day to, to live like a monk and pray the liturgy of the hours and do a holy hour every single day, like whatever, like if you were in college in one of those communities, realize maybe you're not called to do that anymore. Maybe maybe God wants you to pray through your fatherhood. Maybe God wants you to pray through the work you do in the office and, and the way you, you evangelize through your actions, the way you carry yourself. Maybe God wants you to pray on your way to the office, you know, pray a rosary while you're driving. Like there's so many ways that we shouldn't assume, hey, just because that way looks like a super holy way to live and pray. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe it's not exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you're exactly supposed to be doing what God has made, you know, made your life to do. Maybe like the way that your life has been constructed around you. You know, obviously the the, the tension there is we shouldn't plateau. We shouldn't like... Um, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't lack a vigor to do all that we can to be closer to the Lord and and be consistent about that. Mm-hmm. But we should also love ourselves through like kindness. Like, would you treat someone else you love the way that you're treating yourself? You exactly. know, would you scold someone else for not doing you know four of the divine office hours or something? Like, I just sometimes we fall into that, don't? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, yeah, we fall into that, and I, I think it goes back to just like. You know, first you have to understand, you know, that you have human dignity and you have to understand that you're made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, even though sometimes, you know, we all have, you know, shame that sometimes we've gone through just awful things or we've done awful things and it's hard to to get over the shame. And so to cope with the shame, there's a lot of self-hate. Um, and and sadly, like you our culture is just kind of getting into you know, not respecting one's own life, I even think too. But once you realize that, you know, you are worth, uh, you know, human dignity, respect, you can love yourself, all these things, then we get into, okay, so now now this seems like reasonable, uh, we can intellectually get there. What are the ways that are prudent, maybe you can help with this too, that are prudent that you could um, love yourself and and in loving yourself, help the others around you in a godly way. Well, let's, let's, I mean, let's, let's just go a little deeper. You mentioned that quote, we had a couple quotes we were batting around before the episode today that, you know, we've been talking around in our own different conversations uh, in recent time. Just one comes from Jordan Peterson's book. It's one of his rules for life. And uh, how does it stated? How's the rule stated? Uh, just the rule itself is it's um, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Ooh, so treat so yourself good. as if you were someone else responsible yeah. for helping. It yeah. reminded me, you know, so another book uh, Father Peter and I have been reading through, working through on a different show uh, is Joseph Pieper's um, Four Cardinal Virtues and his concise definition of temperance is selfless self-preservation. So not selfish self-preservation, not selfish self-love, mm-hmm. but selfless self-love. In other words, you love yourself the way it's it's almost taking the gospel injunction and, and turning it on its head a little bit in the sense of yeah. you know love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how should you love yourself? As you would imagine, yeah. you should love your neighbor if you're thinking about it reasonably. That's what would so you, accurate. If yeah. you were responsible for your neighbor, if you took that seriously, what would you give him? How would you say he should exercise? What, what kind of schedule would you give him? What kind of uptime and downtime? What kind of prayer would you recommend him? You'd be gentle and you'd mm-hmm. challenge him in a healthy way. You know, you wouldn't just say do whatever the heck you want. You you'd like. What would that look like? Well, that's why not write that sort of a plan for yourself, you know? You. Yeah, you. 
You know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awakened Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. Sacre bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. All that that you were saying is encompassed or has to come from the perspective of the fact that we, that humility, the virtue of humility, mm-hmm. seeks to see reality through the eyes of God. Yeah. Um, and that's important because that's why we are to, that is the way that we are to love our neighbors is because God sees them as lovable unto the point of death. Yeah. So we should see them as lovable unto the point of death too. And seeking to see with the eyes of Christ. Now, in that same view, we also must see ourselves through the eyes of Christ too. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a like, oh, I'm so important and special. Um, it's a seeing them exactly the way that he sees us, that we are sinners and yet we are worth redeeming. Yeah. Now, Well, really, that is, you're so important, you're so special. Like, you are that important right. to, to the divine being yeah. and yes. that special to the divine being. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and yet at the same time, we recognize, like, you know, our lowliness. Um, I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to be airing, but at least in the recent past, we had the pre- the the feast of the pre- of the visitation, which... Is today. <laughs> today. I know. When we're this is probably this, coming out, today. Brenda, what do you think, Thursday of this week? That's it. Sure. Is the key oh, she says sure. She All right. Sure. So, so two days ago or three days ago, <laughs> three days ago. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, all, all those, all those uh, liturgically woke people out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> the feast of the visitation was today. Um, and one of the beautiful things that we hear on the, the gospel during the feast of the visitation, obviously, is when Mary visits Elizabeth. Um, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth praises her, you know, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? And Mary follows that up with this beautiful hymn called the Magnificat, which those of us who pray the Liturgy of the Hours prayed every evening, you know, um, as part of the Liturgy of the Hours. And it's beautiful, but one of the interesting aspects of it is that Mary, throughout the whole thing, is basically proclaiming her loneliness. Yet at the same time, all says, all generations will call me blessed. And it's one of these really interesting moments where it teaches us kind of what is true humility. Mm-hmm. And that on one regard... It's not willful ignorance with regards to one's kind of greatness. Right. You know, that's not what she's doing there. She's not pretending like she's no big deal. She's recognizing that my soul will magnify the Lord and all generations will call me blessed. She's also not just trying to fake herself out about that, but she at the same time is calling herself lowly. And so what what is she getting at there? What is true humility in this regard? That's such a perfect passage for that. It is. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is the fact that it is it is what she is saying is that Everything that she has that makes her great, everything that she has done, everything that she is that makes her great comes from God. And that's the same with us, too, is that when we look at ourselves as worthy, as worthy of love and everything, it's not because, like, we are so great in ourselves. It's because God has made us that way. And I think that's what Protestants miss when they misunderstand, even though there are some, you know, subcultures within Catholicism that may go a little overboard with the whole praying to the saints and it verges more on worship um you know mm-hmm. but what what i think protestants misunderstand is that like you know i, I hate oh it's, it irks me it's one of my biggest pet peeves when an rcia director tells her rcia class we're not 
praying to the saints, we're praying with the saints. No, we are praying to the saints. Like that's if praying is a form of communication, what we should be correcting is what we understand the word pray to mean. Mm-hmm. Um, praying does not mean worship. Praying means communication. And with the saints, that's the way you do it. They don't have cell phones, you know. They're not on. They're not on the awakened Catholic app. Oh, I know they should be. A disappointment. Still check it out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet blessed Carlo Cutis. Uh, He's working on that I up bet, in I heaven. He's up there doing that. I bet he would have been there. Yeah. Been around long enough. Yeah. Actually, it was one of his uh, last living actions was to lay the groundwork sure. for the awakened app. That's in case right. you didn't know. Yeah, um, no, that's but my awesome. point is that, like, you know, <laughs> we we do, you know, capital S saint. Capitalized saint is a big deal, really special. You know, if you think about uh, what Jesus and, and Mary really achieved, um, they, you know, God was like setting the reset button on what humanity is meant to become and be. And like we have Adam and Eve at the beginning, and they are our biological parents. And we have Jesus and Mary as the new Adam and the new Eve as our spiritual parents, in a sense. And we are supposed to just like we we are born into this reality that Adam and Eve gave us, and we are a byproduct of Adam and Eve in every way, you know, biologically, spiritually. We're all born with you know uh, the sin and everything. So, with with Jesus and Mary, like we are meant to become, in a sense, even though we'll never be a member of the Trinity in that way, but like we're meant to be what they were. Like the word Christian means little Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, Mary was the new Eve, is the new Eve, and she's alive and kicking, including her body. So, like, literally kicking, you know, like she's got feet and legs. Um, and, and, I'm, and I just think it's so powerful to consider if that is true, yeah. it really changes the, the paradigm of what we understand our, about ourselves. Like, we're not just going to be some nice angels with wings. Like, no, 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 we're not going to be angels. We're going to be capital S saints, mm-hmm. and it will be incredible we'll have glorified bodies like jesus had a glorified body mm-hmm. this is why in the glory in the glorious mysteries of the rosary again sometimes like i do wince a little bit when we we downplay the marian stuff you know to make you know mm-hmm. perhaps a protestant brother or sister feel better but no no in the glorious mysteries with the assumption of mary into heaven and the coronation mm-hmm. are why are those important those are important because they, sh- they they show us what christ wants to do for us yeah it's not about it's about what christ wants to do in and for us what he's calling us to and i want to go back to something that you said uh, father peter you know you're talking about humility of course you do uh, <laughs> you know uh, that's just you know, talking about humility back to the wellspring <laughs> well talking about humility again it's opposed to both both pride so so inordinate self-love but also to an inordinate kind of self-loathing or, or not wanting to take care of oneself, which is actually, they're, they're intertwined. I want to read this quote, one of my favorite quotes from uh, Peter Kreeft here. He writes, High and holy ambition to be a saint is not opposed to holy humility, total reliance on God's grace. Exactly the opposite. Ambition without humility is ambition that fails. It is pride, which goes before a fall. But humility without ambition is a false humility. In fact, it too is pride for it, it rebels against God's command to strive for the upward call of God. Mm. And again, so I, this is, I think, important this topic because, cool. again, on the one hand, right, we want to avoid a, a yeah, seriously. self-love, you know, of like I, I love myself and take care of myself. I'm first, you know, like certainly we want to we avoid that egoism. But there is there's a, a forgetfulness about the body and about yourself that's not holy. That's not humility. It's simply pride in disguise Ooh. because it's, it's saying, you know what? God's called me to be a saint, 
to be great. And that there's no part of my life that's left out of that. There's no part of my life in which I'm not practicing the virtue that's going to be involved in that sainthood. And so if maybe there's a part of my life I'm like, oh, no, that that's not me. It might be that I'm resisting the upward call of God to be great. We are called to be great. And it's, an, again, an act of humility to say, okay, Lord, okay, let me have it. Yeah. You know, well, I'm all in here. And we're not just called to be great as if, like, you know, God's going to stand out there and is like, hey, I want you to be this cool. I want you to be this good. No, he has given us and is, well, he, he both has given us and is constantly giving us exactly the the means by which we are to do the greatness that he's called us to do. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Mary, really even before, like before and leading into her conception, was given basically in this weird mystical way, is given the grace of Christ who comes after her such that yep. she is made, you know, immaculate from her conception. She's the immaculate conception. She is given the grace in order to achieve the greatness to which she is called. Yep. That is the same with us. It's not God's just standing out there. He's like, I want you to be this good. He's saying, I'm giving you the tools to be this good. And if you don't use it, then you're essentially making a waste yeah. of the graces that I'm, I'm providing. The takeaway there is, at, like when we revere the saints, yeah. or even when we when we revere each other, um, what we're really glorifying is God, like the the work that God has done. Um, and and the the really powerful thing to me is like, you know, I, I just earlier today I was having a conversation with someone and they were like, "It's all good, man. God is in control." And I was like, "Yeah, but." He also gives us free will, you know, <laughs> like, like the con- the context of the conversation had to do with like politics and our government and stuff. And, and, and he was like, it's all right, man, at the end of the day, God's in control. And I was like, yeah, but, but he still gives us permission to make We've really stupid stuff. ass decisions, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the, uh, the, the one, sometimes I, this is a sort of a side topic. When people say God is control, my, my thing always, I feel like cautioning them is too, is God is control. And yet somehow or other that can still allow for things like like countrywide Horror. massacre of Christians. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. as long as if you say God is in control, that's great. Mm-hmm. You should. We should all say that all the time. But we also recognize that God being in control can still allow for things like that. And we need to be ready to yeah. do that. That's my and favorite thing about yeah. being Catholic too. Right. By the way, this is like my second month being Catholic, so Woo-hoo! super new. Killing it. Wow. You're killing it. Oh, yeah. Still here. I mean, still here's, here. Here's we, Kevin here. Right? We were all talking, and you're nailing Kevin, it. Kevin, welcome. I mean, I mean, I'm hanging out with literally Neo the fight best for the people. win. That's right. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite things about being Catholic is... My pecs are too big to... Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about a church that just happened to be 2,000 years ago. Like, we're in the church today. Mm-hmm. Like, we are a part of church history today. And the things yeah. we do today... Well, I'm saying today really weird. But <laughs> today. Today. Is that a Protestant thing? It may be. It may be. But that, that's my favorite thing is the things we do today. I keep saying it. But um, <laughs> you can't, you can't I can't un- the this hour. But um, like we get to be a part of this. Like God is working in yeah. us now. God is on earth in the Eucharist like with us. When we're with the Eucharist, we're with all the angels and the saints in heaven yeah. and it, we are a living part of the church, and yeah, that, I'm yeah. so sad for all the Protestants that don't get to be a part of that because it's glorious. Well, but the powerful thing is that they are. Oh, okay. Right. So there's one yeah. baptism. Right. right? There's there yeah, is yeah, like yeah. a very high level Absolutely. weird sense in which every Protestant is on some yeah, level. We're all just we're Catholic. all just bad Catholics to some. We're all other. bad Catholics. That's a great. They're just worse. We're all just better or worse. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but let's okay. But let's make sure before yes. someone like wraps this up too quickly. Like, let's make sure we return to the questions. We yeah, that's right. I wanted so to say where does you know try so be in a sex with everything business, that Kevin you know? was saying and Father Peter. <laughs> I was thinking like. Um, you know the, the and, and ultimately going back to what I said about the saints connected to what everything they were saying, like um, there is so much power in looking up to the saints and revering them because it isn't just the glory of God that is to be revered there, but it's it's their capacity to have said yes to God's grace, yes to the transformation of their lives for so many of them, and and it's no small thing when someone turns their life around. It's no small thing when someone says yes to God and no to the path they were on. And like we have the freedom to choose or not to choose the path that God would have us on. And it should be acclaimed, like nailed it. Like Kevin, you're killing it so far. Don't blow it. You know, like, no, but, but I think that there's a, this, this duality of, of what we find in the saints where it's like, no, we're not worshiping them. They're not like, you know, some infinite deity or something like they are, uh, the result of how insanely powerful and amazing and merciful and loving God is. But there's also something really special in their yes. Yeah. The glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Though I would, I would, I would conjecture that if we were to talk to one of them, they would say one of the saints. They, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you're talking to one right now. <laughs> if we're going to <laughs> lowercase us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think that they would they would want to, and the, and not and that that's the important thing. They would all say, no, all the glory goes to God, right? Right. They wouldn't say it in false humility. That's a really right, important right, thing. They're right. not saying it yeah. in false humility because no virtue. Mark this. No virtue. Is based upon untruth. Ah, write that one down. Virtue is based upon the fullness of the truth. Yes. Yeah. So I actually, they, oh, wait, I'm going to push back on that moment for a second. Yes. Like this, okay. this notion of no, 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 all glory to God. Like, well, no, you know, St. Augustine, he, he had to make some decisions himself. You know, St. Francis, he had to make some decisions himself. And I just like, I got into this practice recently mm-hmm. by recently. I mean, in the last like three years where if I'm leading worship or I'm performing in front of people and they say like, oh, great job, Nick. Like the, the, the correct worship leader or performer thing to do is no, 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 all glory to God. But no, no, no. I put in a lot of freaking hard ass work into this. I practice. So literally all i say is now is thank you so much and that means a lot that's appropriate that's appropriate yeah but where i was going with that, <laughs> sorry i'm pushing back on you i'm pushing back on you is because i think ultimately the success of anything that we do is ultimately in insofar as how much we basically surrender to the grace mm, of god yeah that's good i mean that's ultimately what it comes down to our mm. yes to god is not saying all right you've met me halfway and i'm gonna go the rest of the half it's saying you've gotten this close and all i had to do was basically surrender to that yeah you know i that's mean that's so ultimately true. what it is yeah when we push back it's not like this kind of like 50 50 choice of like, oh, I'm going to choose God or choose not. Mm-hmm. It's like when we turn away from God, it is like literally a rejecting of mm-hmm. the grace of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a passive thing, like like no. a- accepting and embracing the grace of God. That's It's not like this, oh, okay, God, like now I'll, I'll take the grace. No, it, it is that hard work. It is that, that daily uh, like determinism to know who I'm going to be is, is like for God. I'm not going to be this other version of me from before God, <laughs> you know? Um, and so it is like, it's a very, it sounds almost like a passive phrase, but it, but it's actually super proactive. It's passive in the same way that like devotion to the Eucharist is passive. Ooh, yeah. I mean, or, in the sense that art, you know? we, we yeah. fully like completely at mass, like we are utterly receptive of that. And yet at the same time, it's a very active devotion. Mm-hmm. And that it's very similar in that way where it's like 
and I talk about this all the time when it comes to like our spiritual lives, the more that we think about it as like, I just got to white knuckle it through and like by my own strength, make it work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, man. It, 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 but ultimately it's, it's of imprudence, the recognition of prudence of stepping back and saying, okay, what is it like, what is it that I'm really supposed to do right now? You know, like what is it, what am I actually supposed to do objectively right now? And then not saying of not arguing the devil or just trying to like muscle it through, but of basically just saying, okay, like this is where the grace of God is, is right there. I just need to do it. Like yeah. I just need to surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Even if I feel like I can't do it or don't want to do it, all this different stuff, the grace is there. It's like this world is well, like that well, you know, that's right there just waiting to be poured into us. There's a quote that you're always giving that I love and I always forget. I gave him my homily today. Mm. Make of yourself, what is it? Oh, it's um, I don't. It's a, it's a it's a recently declared saint. I think Pope Francis actually, but maybe five or six years ago. Make of your uh, Christ spoke to her right. uh, in a in a vision. Make your, make of yourself a capacity, and I will make of myself a torrent. Yeah, right. There's, I like yeah, that. Yeah. Make of yourself a capacity, and I will make of myself a torrent. Yeah, interesting. I'm gonna have to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think like the point is that there's there's this beautiful role we have to play where and I think it's 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 fundamentally crucial in Catholic the Catholic understanding of the universe and, and the Catholic theology um, this idea of participation this idea of um, the invitation that God has to us to to participate in the work He is doing both in our own hearts as well in the hearts of others like. You know, if I'm an evangelizer, which we all should be in some on some level, like my choice to talk about Jesus, to, to try to invite people into relationship with Jesus, to catechize, whatever it is, my choice to do that is my participation in the grace of God, mm-hmm. um, which is a very different notion from like what I experienced when I was a Protestant, which was a lot of this, like, I am nothing. I am, I am a piece of crap. I am mm. worthless. I am not inherently good. Mm-hmm. I I am this, you know, small critter and the only thing that is good in the universe is God. And so like we we need to realize that there is, you know, like the catechism alludes to very very explicitly actually not alludes to is that we all all baptized Christians have a responsibility to share the good news, to evangelize. Um and so you know, whether that's in interactions with other people or even in our own lives, like the way that God wants to minister to our hearts, but we have to like open the door for that. We need to participate in that action. Um, like we, we have something to do there. There's nothing passive about the Christian life. And like, I, I feel as though, you know, the sexiest beast of a man Mm -hmm. is the man that hears the call of God is, is, is attuned to the Holy Spirit's guidance um, and 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 then chooses to participate in that will of God, that grace of God, and that takes so many forms. That takes the form of pr- taking care of yourself so that you don't get sick and die unnecessarily when you have ki- a wife and kids that depend on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't just mean financially. Like I, I want to be the one to help my daughters and my son, along with my wife. Obviously, I want to be the the one to be there and like guide them through the challenges of growing up right mm-hmm. um uh, that even the challenges of being an adult helping them know the things i didn't know you know like all that stuff mm-hmm. i want to be the one to do that and and there's really only one way to ensure that and that's to not blow it right now with my body like i i 
you know, well, even insure it is too strong of a word. I could get hit by a car or something. But like in terms of physical ailments and stuff, like there, there's so much I can do that I'm not good enough about doing consistently to whatever, you know, is within our control as far as that goes, like exercising and eating well enough. Mm-hmm. Like we can be proactive in some ways about whether or not we'll be there a couple of decades from now. And so, again, so taking this back, you know, to the, the oh, and pra- you know, and being attractive to our wives, no. super I mean, that's, important. That's a, that's a good thing. We're making I don't really ourselves get a gift. That part. <laughs> you want to be attractive to your congregation, right? That's true. Not People really. listen better to the homilies if you're sexy. You're so. Taking us into battle, Father. <laughs> I mean, like I, showers. I are have good. you heard a <laughs> homily from Father Mike Schmitz? It's way more powerful because of the pecs and the biceps. Pecs and biceps. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And the jawline, but a part of a part of me pushes back because of the whole like God uses the lowly to you know shame the proud. All that. I don't know. It's like well, but I don't think the lowly don't choose it. I mean, the, like, yeah, the lowly right, don't exactly. take it. I'm just going to go ahead and be lowly over here. You know? No, no, no. no I know that's like, true. I, well, I, I I am not going to get hair pl- implants. I'm sorry. Oh, just I mean, saying. just keep showering. There are so many me, ways me to be sexy without them, though. That's true. I can. I'm, I'm going your route. I'm yeah. just going right now. I'm here for you, brother. Thank you. Let's I'm going to do this. Your support. No. <laughs> Again, going back to the, qu- the, qu- the prudence and the making a plan and the treating yourself as someone you're responsible for caring for. Again, I think that the, the important thing is here is in prudence, we look at our life. And we, again, we look at ourselves objectively, not egoistically, not self-referentially, but in reference to God. God gave me this life and this time and this body yeah. and things, whatever. And so I need to be a good steward of that stuff. And so I make a plan with that in mind. Um, and because I'm submitting it to reason, the plan can always be adjusted if, it, if, I, if I realize, oh, I've given too much time or too little to this or, you know, something comes up and I need to address that. But the point is we submit it to reason and it's taking care of your body in the ways that fit into your life that makes sense for your vocation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is an act of justice because you're not doing yes. it for me. You're saying, yep. no, no, God, you, you've given me charge over myself. And so in these prudent ways, I'm going to work this into my life. And precisely too, because I think the, the planning aspect of it too, again, you step off that, that, that pendulum of maybe I don't pay attention to this enough because I don't care about it, or I'm kind of intimidated by it, or maybe I, I feel like I have mixed motives and then swing the other direction of, oh, crap, but I'm, I'm getting fat and I don't want to be fat, you know, yeah. whatever that might be. You step off that pendulum and say, no, 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 I'm not going to worry about that. I'm simply going to make a plan. Like, what would it look like if I was in a prudent way incorporating this into my life? And then the, the being faithful to that plan that you've made while it remains a prudent thing for you, that is, again, an act of obedience to God yeah. because mm-hmm. you're saying, you know, like this is on my schedule and it, w- it, it was prudent when I made it. It continues to be prudent in, in my, in my space of life and the, the time of life that I'm in. And so I'm going to be faithful to it, mm-hmm. especially when I don't feel like doing it anymore yeah. because there it's an act of obedience to God and it's a growth in necessary virtues that affect every other part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the virtue that you exert, the self-control you exert when you decide, you know what, it's not a feast day. There's no big saint feast day today. So I'm just going to eat simply and, and for, for health, for the sake of health. Um, that's where it pay, really pays to be a woke Catholic liturgically. <laughs> There's so, oh, many yeah. so many days. feast days. <laughs> nah. You can get real plump on but that, that holiness. But that's yeah. self, the self-control of deciding, you know what, it's not a feast day. I'm just going to eat simply today. Glory to God. You know, that self-control, it's not limited to that area of your life. That's the self-control that is comes into play when you're in tempted when you're tempted towards some sort of you know crazy sin. Mm-hmm. You know, the all the parts of your life are are connected. They're all Every decision you make, you're either 
um, growing a virtue or a vice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. And it's it's not good to to say like, hey, candy tastes good, so I'm going to eat all of this candy, and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like, happiness mm-hmm. can't be the way to get to that. But Well, like, what's funny is you get to the end of that candy bowl, and then you're like, oh. Uh, you feel done. bad about yourself, don't <laughs> yeah. you? Isn't, isn't that a, yeah. a funny feeling? Well, and I think that was a C.S. Lewis-ism that... Was it C.S. Lewis or was it Peter Kraft? I get them mixed up because the one talks about the other so much. I know. Yeah, um, but basically said that happiness is one of the, is perhaps the only thing in mm-hmm. life that cannot be achieved by directly seeking it. Right. Whoa. That yeah. it can only be achieved by basically setting it aside and seeking other things. Yeah. That are more that's important. so huge. Because that's huge. what you said, Kevin. You know, you got to yeah, set your right. aim and then that pulls those things into its orbit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, this is so Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I'm loving this. Now, now, going back to what you said, John Mark, I feel like the catch-22 with all this that we always have to remember, he's the catch-22 with everything. It's yeah. Job, right? I mean, yeah. it's just Job is literally – it's translated – it's Hebrew. In Hebrew, uh, translated English is actually a catch-22. Um, but <laughs> That's not but true. The, the, <laughs> Someone's going to yell at true. I know. I like, yeah, i, I, I got to remember that my brand of sarcasm, it translates to you, but not necessarily everybody These else. Catholic priests it. don't we, know what they're talking we, about. We recorded three weeks ago, we and the producer still thought that we weren't related. Yeah, because I made about a joke about – she said, oh, wait, are you guys related? And we're like, You're sarcasmistic. Sorry, but yeah. uh, anyway. <laughs> we got a thumbs yeah, up. Okay. Thumbs down from the good <laughs> exactly. We love you. Um, so, Job, question twenty-two is that in all these things that uh, uh, of our the that are lower in the totem scale of our prioritization of values, not that they are insignificant in any way, shape, or form, yeah. but when they are lower than ultimately the glorification and love of God, that there are circumstances in life that we must allow for the fact that sometimes they can be ripped away from us. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. I could get in a car crash, you know, tomorrow and lose my leg and I'm no right. longer able to work out. I can be afflicted with a genetic disposition such that I cannot lose weight. I can be a Thomas Aquinas. Let's be honest. Like right. that's pretty much what happened to him. Right. Um, from what okay. we understand. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> worked out. Okay. Yeah. Worked out okay. Yeah. Everyone knows but, who he but is. That's, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's the point is that yeah. even amidst that he is able to become a saint. Right. Mm-hmm. So and the point is that you don't allow the, you don't allow the lack of effects of the right. work that you do to basically become the determination. Well, right. and you also, we, yeah. and you prepare for those because we're, we're all going to experience that. those, yep. whether it's sooner or later, whether, you know, whether it's in a calamity or it's on your deathbed, you're going to experience the the falling apart of your body. Mm-hmm. And so how do you get ready for that? Well, right now you begin saying, you know, my caring or not caring for my body is not going to be a matter of my feelings or my, mm. my motivation anymore. No, it's going to be a matter of obedience to God. Right. I'm going to make a prudent plan. I'm going to run that plan. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to set it and forget it. I'm going to yeah. focus on right. higher things yeah. and I'm going to be ready then when, you know, like someone else is taking care of me and I'm on my deathbed yeah. and things suck. And when that happens, you say in the words of Job, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I thought those were the names of Matt Marr. Or, <laughs> the <laughs> names of Matt Sorry, not the names of. <laughs> the words of Matt Marr. The words of Matt Marr. Yes, absolutely. Or was he quote, or was Job quoting Matt Marr? No, Is Matt Marr also means in English. Uh, <laughs> 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 they do live outside of time. Yeah, it's just, just different different languages, same same word. Yeah. You got you, got you. This Listen, is akin man. to building the ark as well. I mean, if, if you have a solid foundation, you build the ark. All of these things that we're talking about, you build the ark, you've got, you know, certain things that you, you bring into the ark, you've got some things that, 
Maybe like the unicorn that that doesn't go in the oh. ark. Oh, super! Is sad. that where that went? That's so sad. Next it's, it's episode, all <laughs> Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Yeah. That was his name. It didn't yeah. say. Oh, that's oh, what? Yeah, the unicorn. Its name was was Nemo. The unicorn that wasn't allowed onto the ark. What is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but <laughs> the, the, anyway, in other words, making it making a, a plan. You know, being prepared. Not in not in again. Not in the sense of. Uh, putting my um, putting my hope in my preparedness, yeah. but I'm putting my hope in the Lord and in obedience to the Lord. I do prudent things. I make a schedule. I make a plan for life. I run that plan. I evaluate that plan and tweak it as necessary, and then I'm ready for whatever happens because mm. because right. the reason I'm doing it is for the glory of God, and so I can yeah. accept whatever comes at me. And there's a stewardship exactly. to that that like you know this like this temple, this body that God gave me. You know, yeah, I, take I know take that Alina enjoys it, um, but but I don't know that um, just because there's that, like that doesn't mean that I'm doing the best job I could be in taking care of, like stewarding this temple. And, and to be clear, you know, temple almost implies that like there's something inside of it, like the Holy Spirit. We're not well, but I mean, like we're not dualistic. Like, oh, right, it, right. like uh, it isn't. It isn't just like Driving a shell. Body, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like this is part of me. Yeah. Like my existence. I need to be a good steward of my existence, mm-hmm. and a part of that is how well you care for yourself spiritually, physically. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I'm gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that the people who are the sexiest are the people. The men who are the sexiest are the men who uh, are are the most in balance and, and in uh, accord with like righteousness with the way they treat themselves, the way they treat the people around them. And I think that's why, you know, the topic of self-love is so important because if I don't understand my own dignity, if I don't love myself, it is very difficult to understand the dignity of anyone else mm-hmm. or love anyone else mm-hmm. the way that they deserve. Like we can't give what we don't have. We can't, you know, we've heard that before. We've heard the, many of us have heard the, uh, the airplane oxygen mask metaphor before, yeah. like you got to put the mask on yourself first before you give it to other people. Because when you're trying to give it to someone else first, you're going to pass out halfway through and you're not going to actually be able to help them. You know, in a similar way, like we have to love ourselves so much that we care about our eternal destiny, we care about being in relationship with our Creator and our Savior, that we care about being in relationship with ourselves in a way that is like conducive to well-being physically and spiritually, and like then we can care for the people around us better. And I, I've I've argued, you know, going off on another angle, like I've argued for a long time that abortion has become what it has become as a monolith, as a, as a mammoth of a thing, you know, in the numbers of, of those who are aborted every day, because most of the women involved in my perspective don't know their own dignity. So how could they see it in this clump of cells inside of them? Yeah, exactly. Right. The, uh, the, the temple to go back to the temple yeah. thing that you mentioned that, that points to a greater Catholic reality. Um, that we understand about everything that we do. And uh, as I often like to mention when we're talking to Mark, mm-hmm. uh, the old adage in the Catholic Church, uh, lex, or, uh, lex orandi, lex credendi, mm-hmm. right? The law of faith, uh, the law of prayer is the law of belief, um, which is basically that the way that we have prayed that has, that has been handed down through the ages basically gives great credence and truth and, and, and kind of supplementary substance to the things that we believe Hmm. and when we look at things like you know it's funny because when we think of a temple we think of a thing that doesn't have any value 
holding a thing that does have value, right? That's well, we, we should think that. Well, no, no, no. But that's 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 what when you're saying that, that's what you imply, right? There's that a thing of no value holds a thing that is of greater value. But the funny thing is that in the way that Christ changed everything when mm-hmm. He became man, yeah. um, He showed us the true substrate of reality, which is that things become sacred by what they hold. Ah, wow, yeah, way, that's huge, right? So, and not, not just in, and, and for us, it's that not, you know, it's not just in the fact that it's not just in the things that we receive mm-hmm. that we hold within us, but in, in a greater way, we are, as we, we, we believe as Catholics, we are deified yeah. by the fact that we receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ when we go to mass. Well, and so that's what drives me. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's that. a term. There's a term for that called divinization, right? Divinization. Right. The East yeah. church, the East Eastern practices like really connect Eos. with that more. They talk about it more, but we believe it just as much. We just don't talk about it. Um, and I think that that is a tragedy. Number one. I mean, it ties into everything we're talking about here. I'm so glad you went there with it. Um, and I just, I think that, you know, it, it also drives me crazy when I when I hear people teach these ideas and they quote. I forget it was one of the early church fathers. It might have been Augustine um, that said that God became man so that man could become God. And we see in the Gospels Jesus refer to us as gods with you know a lowercase g, and that we're supposed to be you know and like you know people butcher this quote from whichever early church father by saying. God became man so that man could become like God. But like, it's it's kind of like, you know, we don't pray to saints, we pray with them. Like, why are we so afraid of this language? Like, we already don't talk about divinization, but when we do, we're going to butcher it a little bit so it's a little bit more comfy cozy. Mm-hmm. No, like, it doesn't glorify us. It glorifies God that he wants to elevate us because the whole point is he wants to marry us. And that's, right. a, that's a theology of the body, you know, yeah. tangent. But like, he does elevate us in a really powerful way. Because he wants to marry us. I'm seeing the Grote eyes look at each other, and now Father Peter's looking at Kevin. What's I'm going on here? I'm up on it. What's happening? Well, I can't, I can't speak <laughs> to this topic, you know, but... Why is that? Well, I just don't know much about the the the, uh, the ins and outs of that particular... Oh, I thought it was like a topic that no, offended you or something. Stuff. I think it's definitely one particular image of the way that we can relate to God in that way. Um, I don't think it's necessarily definitive. That's my personal... And what, what pers- or what part of it? In in the fact that it's a it's one of the images that we use of our relationship to the, the marriage to the, the marital the marital gotcha. way that I think relates well with some people but doesn't it relate well with other people and I think it's in the fact that it's one of the images that we use that's not definitive in the sense that nothing that we can like what God has prepared for us there now is beyond no no ear yeah. is, no eye is seen no ear is heard yeah so it's one of the great images that we use to kind of like understand that but mm-hmm. it's it's not like definitive in the sense that if you don't connect with that it's okay like there there are mm-hmm. other images that we use as well yeah um, I mean it yeah, doesn't but, th- there's I mean, it's a lot of what the theology body ties into is, is those ideas. Like, it's mm. not, you know, the uh, Nick's not speaking ex Nick's cathedra. Ex over here. Nick's cathedra. Yeah. Um, we should right. make a this, band. This is a name. thing. And, and <laughs> I, I think that where it's valuable is in understanding, like, because a, a lot of people look at, like, humanity and it's like, like, if God is real, like, why did he make us this way? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and, and so much of what we have and what what has what God has revealed within uh, our faith over centuries, millennia, like, it points to this idea that, you know, the sacraments even, like, each of them is a little, little taste of God, you know, yeah. and, and it's so powerful. And, and then marriage is 
um, a representation and, and a participation in, in God, obviously, like all the sacraments are, but like marriage in a special way is, is reflective and, and, and points to us to the eternal marriage. Right. Um, well, and that, that gets back to the divination, divinization thing in the sense that what we're being invited into is not like we get to go live in a nice heavenly place, you know, and God's still out there. No, he, but God is actually inviting us into the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're, we're invited to be in the, the eternal giving and self-giving of the Trinity. That relationship, that's the relationship that he's inviting us, that the Lord is inviting us up into. And so to connect back to the, the body stuff, too, I mean, you we, we could do a whole other episode thinking of this in the context of marriage. Like, yeah, like we, we are. Or, or just well, marriage and priesthood and, and all relationships mm-hmm. that we are called to be gi- men for others, to be givers of ourselves. But there's no self gift that we give that's not involving our body. You know, it's always our words or our our, you know, the, our hands or our feet or what we're mm-hmm. doing. We use our body to make ourselves a gift of self. Thank you, Father Mashmitz. Oh, you're, yeah, I mean, he's—it's all right. He's literally he like word that. for word. Oh my god, one of his talks. Well, anyway, probably, sorry. probably, yeah. it's just rattling around. Super there. internalized. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Well, gosh, I feel like we need a part two or three, but dang. I'd love to I do like some bonus part one or two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we're we're gonna mm. we're gonna finish mm. some of these. We're gonna after party. Yes. Join yeah. Us for the after party. Join us for the app. Ooh, we should we should brand it that. There, there Holy be, crap! There may, there may be singing after, and there will be there will there, be singing. there will be Irish oh, drinking songs. Irish it's drinking gonna be song. great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if you're interested, join us in the Awakened Nation for the bonus content from today's episode, the after party, which is going to become the official new brand. Branding for nice. the Awaken Nation <laughs> exclusive yeah. content. Love it. Love it. Um, well, anyways, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Men's Show. As you can tell, we're just a bunch of dudes trying to figure this thing out, you know, and uh, hopefully doing so in a way that pleases God. And uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts about these topics, please let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear it. Um, let us know in the Awaken Nation app. Uh, in fact, I recommend. Join us on the Awaken Nation app. Uh, I have been Nick DeLatore, John Mark Grodi, Kevin Jory, Father Peter Grodi. And this has been The Men's Show on Awaken Catholic. See you later. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.